0: Prepare to enter the elf free. Are you receiving my transmission or am I speaking to myself? Good. Welcome to the undisclosed location of nowhere. We cast for.
1: you guys that before. Mm -hmm. We are here in this, uh, gosh, seriously, people keep trashing this thing and it's disgusting. And the walls are caked in cigarette smoke Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and, uh,
2: diesel and diesel and magazines. My favorite. You could clean some of that off, but Mm -hmm. you just, you choose not to. Well,
1: it's not my RV. You know, we just sneak in here and no one's coming to claim it. It's everyone uses it. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the Earthship Radio. I'm Joe.
2: I'm Steve. I'm
3: Jake.
1: And uh, yeah, we—you uh, guys—are part of an outfit in the LA area that is uh,
3: quite killer. That is Sleeping Wolf. Yeah, True. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been working as a, a duo, as m- making music on our own, but then also making music with the people that we like to make music with. You know, yourself included.
1: Um. I don't, I don't play music. I. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> breaking that fourth wall? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, figured this would be the best way to encapsulate the creative process of Interstellar Hearts, which is on, uh, that's up for pre-sale. Mm-hmm. We'll have a link uh, in the episode. But uh, yeah, just thought it'd be fun to talk about kind of the way you guys work in the studio, the way you work together, because you guys have done a lot of sh- yeah, um, you've put out now. You have a new project about to come out, right? Yeah, right.
3: And new EP that we're bringing out um, at some point in the next couple of months, depending on like what feels right and and mm-hmm. how how we want to do it. Lick it's, your finger, put it in yeah, the air. Exactly, and feel better, feel. exactly. We're we're <laughs> waiting. We're waiting on the uh, on the barometric pressure to fall <laughs> to the right point until we get to it. Um, yeah. So, so Yeah, we're sleeping wolf. Well that's that's uh, the uh, the uh, modus operandi that we're working from right now, and uh, and we're pushing it as much as we can, and bringing like working with you is was a great uh, a, a great arm of what we do. You know, it's certainly like more of the the ethereal, brainy, heady uh, yeah. stuff that we were Like you know, that is part of what we do.
1: Yeah. And we're, t- uh, we're talking about, I have a a band I'm in called Awake or Sleeping. Um, we, like you and I had always talked about working together and writing and we did mm-hmm. a couple things when I first got out here, like just a couple like one-off writing sessions where they were from like some commercial or, you know, they'd right. be for a pitch. Um, but we always thought about getting together to put together some sort of EP and finally it was able to happen. But I listened to, man. Freaking the second you brought home the sleeping wolf stuff Freaking exploded my mind I don't know how else to say that <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we thought it would be awesome to come together And try to put together some songs And Steve, you're a magician in the studio And Jake, you're a badass singer, songwriter And podcaster as well You have your own yeah. show that's up online
0: Yeah
1: uh, What's the name of it, Mark? It's Shark Brain Shark Brain, Brain. God, you have that name You own that name <laughs> That's me that's yeah. amazing so check that out um but yeah we did uh i don't know steve you've been working in la for s- five years six, y- six years six
2: years about yeah lived out here that long and yeah i just um i mean you know how it was living in dallas too there's there's it's it's there's a there's a great community of people there who are making art and doing stuff and you know there's a it's its own scene of, of music and creativity but I just felt like for what I was really wanting to do, I just couldn't find a lot of people who, uh, I don't know, really resonated with that. And so it, it it was just like this daunting process of like I was excited about working on stuff, but I felt like no one ever cared and that people thought what I was doing was cool. But there wasn't a lot of you know collaboration or or really even like an attitude of like trying to, I don't know, trying to dive in and do that thing. And it, I don't know, it just got really discouraging. So, um, but the times I had been out to LA, the people I'd worked with out here, there's just this, I mean, it's really a town full of crazy people Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the sense that they're just like, yeah, man, it sounds great. Like, let's do that thing, you know? And, um, I'd never experienced that anywhere else I'd lived or people I'd been around or anything. So there was just this moment of, you know, I've, I've got to go see what that thing is all about and be around people who I get, I don't know, are as crazy as I am. I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but just, just that'll, that will that uh, will. No one's as crazy as uh, you, Steve, no. yeah, I'm pretty out there. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I mean, that was, for me, that's what it was. It was like, I, I need to be around people that value, you know, the time we spend cultivating what we do. Um, and not, you know, not needing to see an, an immediate, like, gratification for it. I think that was that was the biggest thing. It was like, we're well, not making money doing that. It's not like a gig, right? Oh, you're not, like, in the studio, like, getting paid for that. Well, let's yeah. just go to the bar and drink. And it's like, well, we can still go have a drink and <laughs> make some awesome yeah, shit. Like, yeah. We can multitask. How uh, is that hard? Let's yeah. multitask. But,
1: guys? Yeah. Guys?
2: guys two Come things. <laughs> two things. One time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. LA gets a bad rap for... Having a bad work ethic, especially compared to New York or any other like real major city but I, I know maybe that has should be relegated toward like the fiscal side of things, but as far as like artistry goes, um, this is inevitably where people end up, and um, you know people like to rag on you know this town for a lot of things, but I think that i mean, I, I I can say this from the perspective of a Californian and I grew up in central California. So I, my allegiances were basically, you know, between five. The governor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's like five or 10 miles between being a Northern Californian, which would be a San Franciscan, you know, in which case I would probably join a jam band and, you know, like play strawberry festivals <laughs> for the rest of my life <laughs> or go down to Southern California and sell my soul and try to like make my way in the world and get a, an infinity pool in the back. <laughs> and, you know, get addicted to Coke. Exactly. One way or another, or at least just use it to work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- there's, the, like movie, Elliot does carry that like certain sense of you know. Th- th- there's a stigma to it where people think that there's a, a veneer of uh, artificiality. There's this uh, lack of um, uh, sophistication to to what we do as far as artistry goes. When re- in reality, like you guys have said, is that it's you know like, this is really the place where you can let your freak flag fly. Yeah. And and you know I- if people latch onto it, the- this is where We have these weird. Conduits to the rest of the world because you know this is the where all like all the cables that go throughout the houses of the United States yeah. and the rest of the world mm-hmm. kind of all center around here. This is the that's portal. true, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and and as much as this place can be as far as its culture goes, it really is what you make it. This is a like L.A. as far as anyone else's else goes, we're the best at DIY because whatever you need, if you if you want to be the biggest YouTube star in the world, by the time that you get to fifty thousand followers, you can go out to Marina del Rey and then there's this huge factory of places where you can actually film, like, and YouTube will foot the bill because yeah. you know, they're making stuff for you. Or if you want to, like, just make an uh, an internet vid- video on, on your own, you can, you know, have a meeting with CBS, like, two months later, if you get over, like, 100,000 views. It's strange, man.
1: It's all about what you do, and then and then the vultures come in. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah,
3: you get to a certain point, and then that's when the suits with, like, talons exactly. come in. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and they pick you up like you're just a mm-hmm. little rat. Mm-hmm. No, but it's, I mean back to what you're saying, like, this is a town full of people literally coming, clashing together. And yes, everybody's cable line does come through this town because of, we all grow up watching movies and Mm -hmm. and listening to music that comes out of the city. And I always remember, uh, like when I lived in Nashville, people would always dog on LA and I didn't really have an opinion other, other than just like the few times I visited here and it was very short. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. And Mm -hmm. I do like the idea. Like, as a kid, I thought about moving out here because the activity. Yeah. It's, I knew, somehow I knew people like me as a 10 year old, 12 year old kid who had big dreams in my, you know, we all have dreams in our heads. Yeah. Uh, Or do we? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is me. Yeah. But there was something, I think, innocent and true about believing that in this city, people are going there to work together, Mm -hmm. to make things together. And, you know, essentially things can get really far too big. And then Mm -hmm. now you have major, major labels that don't let anybody in. And if they let you in, they want to own you completely. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, here we all find ourselves making music in L.A. And I don't know, I just think it's really crazy how everything comes together. Because I remember, uh, you know, we played music, Steve, Mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s. -hmm. Like mid two thousands ish, early two thousands. In the early two thousands, Melania. in
3: the day, (laughs) bro. So, with this awake or sleeping, um, when did you uh, approach this project? As far as like where you're at right now with it. Um. Well,
1: I. You know, when I put music together in the, I mean, honestly, I wasn't really, I knew I wanted to make something new. I wanted to put something new out, Mm -hmm. but I'm never in this mode where I'm like, it has to be now. And I have to make a record at this point. You know, the only times I really ever did that was desperately trying to get off the road. I didn't want to, um, I love touring. Like it's, it was great, but I was really wanting to start, um, I guess just manning up with the things that I want to see happen Mm. in my life that I see in my head. I wanted to start creating my own projects and bringing together uh, art. You know, the covers of each of the uh, of the EPs we've done, like creating some sort of vision, like some sort of environment around the music. And I don't know, the awake or sleeping brand or moniker or whatever you want to call it, uh, became kind of that. It's something that can almost stand as a, as almost like a little, uh, magical, Talisman. uh, cosmic mm-hmm. adventure. You yeah. know, uh, the songs that I like to write are usually about love. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, I think people's inner spirit, you know, my inner spirit, you know, and I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I don't know how, what you guys think about when we're in these writing sessions, but you know, a lot of the stuff that I write about essentially, um, is about waking up to certain things. It's being aware, like uh, the the name Awake or Sleeping came about because, um, well, I mean, the last, I would say seven years of my life, I've kind of gone down the tunnels of, you know, what's what's going on on the planet? Like, how can I help? How can I help uh, fix, you know, my own, for one, my own reality, like I see all the things that I've been addicted to in my own life and the things that have really held me down from actually pursuing music and, mm-hmm. and so, uh yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like Waker Sleeping was the perfect name for m- kind of crossing to this new side of my own life and yeah. uh music. The music I want to put out is
3: is about that, you yeah. know. And so I definitely I get know. that sense, man. I, there's a, a a the miasma of of Everything that's coming at us, I mean, I, we we have got these little devices in our pockets that all cost a hundred and some odd dollars a month to like <laughs> keep running, but we continue to pay that money to yes. to just have them keep funneling information at us. And there's, yeah, there's this. Some would call it a reductive quality, but I would say that it's more of a a a, a relevatory quality. Yeah, you know, I we're mean, able to actually get to the heart and the core of things, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't. You know, it's hard. It's very easy for me to just talk about certain things that I I research or whatever. Um, but I I do feel like the music side of me, because, you know, I have a I have a big uh, a big dream to try to bring awareness to people on certain levels of like, you know, for me one thing that uh, affected me negatively, growing up was not really realizing how powerful television was and mm. how powerful. Uh, you know, we all grow up, and we we get the, we find the same humor. You know, we talk about the same, um, you know we have the same jokes. You know, mm-hmm, we all come mm-hmm. from different parts of the country. Yeah. yet we can connect on these universal things. And what you said earlier, how every single one of our living rooms was wired straight through Hollywood. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we we all grow up with a certain programming. And so to me, I, a big part of my soul is I've always been searching, for what is truth, you know, mm-hmm. what is, you know, I didn't really grow up uh, Christian or like in, in, a, in a church or anything like that, but it was a certain time where I did start going and what I connected to was love. And it mm-hmm. was uh, the idea that people could unify on this one concept mm-hmm. and that's love. And that was the only thing I think growing up that ever really made sense, you mm-hmm. know, of, okay, if, if I want to have a good day and I connect to that instead of the opposite, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's going to be a completely different reality. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of just becoming an adult and, and seeing how life moves, you know, we're all sitting here doing music together. But how many of our friends, like how many people do we know have completely just stopped? And there's nothing wrong with it. But all the people that we are side by side with in the music world, a lot of people just fall off because mm-hmm. they just it's just not feasible. Everyone's got to pay
3: bills and you've got certain uh, routes Mo- you take. You yeah, know. routes and motivations. Like, well, that that reminds you, of, like, um uh, of the tune that we did, uh, Pilots. Mm-hmm. That, that, that um, and what's, what's the first, first couple of phrases of that? Uh, we took the train. Yeah. We took uh, the train away from all the lights. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like. Leaving so, town. Leaving the. Yeah. Like, so many times, like, we get caught in this, you know, for lack of a better you know, more simple word, the verisimilitude of, of the way in which we, you know, we, 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 we ascribe meaning, you know, like we, we allow ourselves to, to, put everything into these tiny little baskets and, and forget the fact that we're like infinite creatures in a very, you know, a, a very amorphous world. And so, you know, like, I think that that was one of the great things about the way that we, the three of us wrote these tunes is that we were able to kind of like, it, it's go, let's get, let's get weird. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's allow ourselves, you know, because there's that little piece, that thread, that, that golden thread throughout uh, everything that we do, like both production, both, both lyrically, both, uh, yeah, in, in all those aspects that really screams, um, as, as a piece of, 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 a, of a, of a different color, you know, to everything. Well, everybody we has
1: a, everybody has a different perspective of, of life, you know? And I think one of the things that is so awesome about all of us individually is you guys are like complete pros in individually standing and then you've got you come together and all of a sudden you create projects like Sleeping Wolf and even this EP like Mm -hmm. these are awesome things and it's not like a you know because there's a lot of times where I'm just I always question the art that I make but when I work with other people and you make a project with other people it becomes this thing where it's like, whoa, that came together, mm-hmm. and there's this knowingness when you work with other people that you know you're going to come out with a good product. It's yeah. not even a question. Like in the writing process, when you go into writing sessions, or when I go into writing sessions, I'm for whatever reason I don't know why, but I get a little nervous about it. I'm always just like, okay, I hope I can, I hope I have something today that I mm-hmm. can contribute because a lot of times you just never know what what it's yeah. going to be like, you know. And um, I feel like the second you know, I know that I'm doing a writing session with you. I know, it, you know, writing session with you. It's going to work mm-hmm, because right.
2: we all, however that works, I don't know. Well, I think there's part of it, too, that's, you know, in this in this job of, of writing songs, which is the majority of my world most times, most days, It it it's one thing when you just, like, somebody shows up and walks through the door and you shake hands and you say, hi, good to meet you, and then you sit down and hope that you all create something awesome that day. And most of the time you do, you know, it may not be the thing you thought you would make, but you know, again, we're all in a situation where we're like, everybody's a pro that's coming into this room and it's, you know, it's an amazing thing, but um, there's a, this other level of things that happen. I think when you know that like, I'm, I'm a fan of awake or sleeping and I love the music that you make, and so I want to be a part of making that Getting and, all nervous right and, now. I, <laughs> and I'm a fan of Jake Newton and I'm a fan of the music mm-hmm. that you make and what you do. So I know if we work together, it's going to be awesome because I'm already a fan of what you do. And I think that's, that's the other level of the community thing we've been talking about of I like the music I make and I like what I do, but if I take the music I make and then, then you get together with me and you get together with me and any combination of that happens. It's just going to be better because I'm already a fan of that music standing alone by itself. So when we combine forces, it's just going to be awesome. And basically what I'm saying is I I make (laughs) really awesome music by myself. (laughs) Yes, you
1: do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Let's be fair. Let's be fair. (laughs) But no, I I mean, yeah, I think when we decided to, okay, let's make this EP, we decided to go for it. And we didn't know what we were going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed you a bunch of demos. I had just a shit ton of demos that yeah. I have sitting in this little sarcophagus yeah. that <laughs> I never actually yes, we all do. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I call it the creative um, um, cul-de-sac.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I lived in a cul-de-sac growing up. It was awesome. Yeah. You could, uh, yeah, you could party down there. And yeah. as long as everyone got along, Tiny you had your own little orb. It was your own little universe.
2: Yeah. I definitely lived so, in one too. We definitely all played baseball. <laughs> we all, like all the kids took over the cul-de-sac. We played yeah, baseball. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, we did a uh, track one was called Pilots, uh, which you mentioned. Yeah. And it was, uh, the song is basically, um, I don't know. The song is a, it's a coastal, it's like a coastal love song. It's getting away. It's leaving the city. It's um, going off with someone and just f- adventuring and you know i don't you know, know what it felt like to me
3: it felt like a west coast version of the great gatsby with, uh, all, <laughs> yes. with all good happy endings yeah and it's it's like a
1: companion story it's um like i i like for, let's see the the bridge was if the light inside your heart goes dim i will guide you back to love again yeah and it's the idea that i mean and it goes beyond just for me this song goes beyond um two people who are in love it's Friends, it's yeah. like we all are indebted to each other. Like when you know, oh, I can't remember where this quote came from. I always forget this, but it was a, a friend is a, a privilege or a gift we give ourselves. Hmm. And so, with that kind of thing, uh, we're almost kind of in this. You know, we have a responsibility with each other to keep each
3: other up, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. not up, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like out of the mire, out of the miasma, out of if all of a
1: sudden you see someone who's just losing it or they're just down or, you know, depressed or, because I, I mean, I've known people all my life who have been and myself included, um, have hit like certain depression pockets Mm -hmm. and, and when you notice it and you see people who don't act like themselves anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of that to me Like this song for me is like the person who just comes and s- grabs your hand and pulls you up and says hey let's go okay. in the age of the cell phone sometimes the only way to get away from things is to just get out of town and just so go true. stand by the
3: beach yeah. And stare out at the, at the blackness mm-hmm. of the ocean, the vastness that is not you, but then also you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. So that, that was that felt like pilots.
1: Yeah. Really yeah, yeah. But we uh, we uh, the song starts with a little bit of a reverse, uh, yeah. and
3: kind of opens up exactly the whole like that. Yeah, <laughs> <sounds> exactly. <laughs> That's, what it we it just sampled like. that right now. Yeah,
1: but it, no, meow, <laughs> <laughs> But that was uh, it. Was part of the demo that I showed you, and for whatever reason, it was like the perfect intro to this track. Track, and so we kept it. And yep. um, well, let's jump into this track. This is about being in love and getting the out of town.
0: We took the train away from all the lights. We knew the world was quiet.
1: Around L- L.A. with headphones in, and just walked around town.
2: Have you ever I don't done know that? If I've ever walked around town. I've just driven around with music playing. Mm. Okay,
1: well that's that's good. That's good yeah. enough.
3: Yeah, I'd consider my automobile, my personal headphones, my 2,000-pound <laughs> <laughs> headphones, Absolutely. and that's definitely it. We're all kind of in our own tiny apartments that are cramped, and uh, and yeah, there's definitely those moments. I remember I was at a. Uh, a a Vaughn's or a Ralph's. I can't remember which one it was. Aren't they one and the same? Kind of. Are
1: they owned by the same company?
3: Uh, it's, it's one big chimera. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I boxed food. Exactly. I remember like going in and uh, and I was putting in headphones in before I grabbed a cart and and the girl that was like in front of me like turned and said like, uh, you got to get your jams on? And I was like, yeah, man. I have to customize my own experience
0: <laughs>
3: for Los Angeles. I mean, that was exactly... We all live in these tiny... you know we yeah. have This tiny box box of our own personal space versus, you know, like our tiny box of our car versus our tiny box of an apartment. And that's why I, I've lived in Los Angeles for, you know, coming up on a decade nearly. And I, beyond the first names of my neighbors and some vague notions of them, they, they have an entire universe of an existence right next to me, 14 feet away from me that I have no clue about. And we're both tiny. We're both completely fine with that. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean, it, but that's the power,
1: I think, of people's personal, individual experiences mm-hmm. is you, you're you not necessarily so reliant on people outside of you mm-hmm. up to a certain extent. And then it's like, oh, I need other people in my life. I'm f***ing crazy. That and is so totally <laughs> true. But, <laughs> <you didn't> realize
3: <laughs> But we are we curating that, you know, in a certain respect? Like, like granted, we're all like uh, similar thinking minds. Definitely. Everyone's connected if you think about it. Yeah, it's so true. We all live
1: under, the, you know... Again, back to the every every wire through the living room thing, mm-hmm. uh, through Hollywood or whatever. Um, if we're all connected to such a degree, just based on films, comedy, like us knowing certain pop cultural references, yeah. definitely, we're connected on that level. Like even if people don't really get it. Um, anyone with a cell phone, anyone who lives in America, yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. we're all kind of connected on certain levels of... Uh, yeah, that isn't at the
3: David Koresh level of, like, <laughs> you know, completely cutting themselves off of the world, you know.
1: Moving to Waco and yeah. going, to, going to the uh, the old common grounds, grabbing a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know.
3: exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like punishing themselves with sticks and stones in the middle of the night. <laughs> hey, that I'd, will break their bones. Mm-hmm, I was born warned. in Waco, so you guys... Take it
2: easy on Uncle Dave. You were born things. in Waco? Uh, take it easy oh, on Uncle man. Dave. Okay. Uncle Dave. You guys chill out on I, Uncle Dave. I'm kidding.
1: Well, there's... <laughs> the, and again, I'm not going to go into this, but there are <laughs> conspiracy theories about the whole Koresh thing, so... Naturally. Yeah, there's some really interesting things about that whole mm-hmm. story of David Koresh. I would, you know... We, uh, you know what's funny about this EP is we went song to song in actual order. So the order mm-hmm. that is on the EP is the order we
2: wrote these. Mm-hmm. Wow! And another and little hidden Easter egg. Oh, uh, well, I think it's what you're about to say. The, is that every song title? Yeah, every song. It's funny. Every song title is in in order the way we wrote it. Just happens to be like the next song in chronological order. The song title is longer than the song before.
1: Mm-hmm. It's wow. one word. So it goes from one word to two words, three, four to five words. Oh, how neat. So yeah. weird. That's yeah. so cool. So what's the second, second one? Uh, it's Interstellar Hearts, which is the title track. Yeah. And the idea behind this track, I, I don't know. You know what's funny is we all kind of get together when you write songs. I don't, we don't, we have kind of concepts. We throw concepts out there because, you know, it's like right mm-hmm. now, if we started flat, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Steve, you're sitting at the board. Because mm-hmm. what you like to do, which I noticed, is you'll you'll figure out some sort of rhythm. Mm-hmm. You'll find a rhythm to, or if it's not like a lick, it's a rhythm that uh, yeah. you kind of start with, and and then all of a sudden, which it's not always the case, I will say that mm-hmm. because you did, you know, with um, how far is love, there was mm-hmm. this organ thing you started playing that. Oh, that's right. It was like this really ominous, churchy, long, beautiful sound. But then everything started from that. But uh, which it's it's hard to talk about songwriting sometimes because every single song almost starts formulaic within yourself, but then it always changes when you're with other people, mm, and it's right. it's all the different elements. It's like when I write alone, um, I'm doing it all. You yeah. know, we're all doing that, but then when we write together, you know, you and I, Jake, got together and we were we were hammering out the lyrics and trying to get some melodies. Yeah. while Steve, you were building the track. You mm-hmm. were building this whole. Uh, feeling that gave the inspiration behind how the song ended up moving and interstellar right. hearts became this kind of it was almost like a what would you call that intro it's like <laughs> it's so f***ing like it's like a club like pubby it's like yeah. a pub feel uh, yeah. you feel like you should huh. stomp
3: your feet yeah
1: and yeah. Um, corporeal and and freaking clash a
3: beer together yeah it's, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah it's pub. <laughs> you know, it, pub would be another, you know, plebeian and like a, a derisive term, but like, you know, even more specific would be, a, um, you know, every man, you know, and like the proletariat. Yes. It'd be a proletariat thing. You know? <laughs> well, it's a, it's
1: a folk, folky intro uh, on acoustic, but we jumped in, in which I actually. Pulled out these lyrics. Just I'm gonna read these. Read them. Don't hate me. Of course. Because it's always awkward to read your own lyrics. They're kind of poetic. Mm -hmm. Because that's funny how you gotta sing with your poet
3: voicemail, man. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Uh, This is the chorus. It's we're interstellar hearts. Whenever we're together, can't resist your gravity. It took a million miles to find you. Stars to fly through. Spark of perfect chemistry. This is our future. We're meant to find it. We will go further because we're just interstellar hearts in cosmic time. Mm. We shine. Yeah. And back to the dim from the previous song pilots. We yeah. light each other. Mm. You know, we shine each- we we shine when we are at our highest vibratory level if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um like, you know, like we're pursuing music, making music or at least attempting to mm-hmm. create something that can bring people in, uh, you know, t- we're trying to tie ourselves together here. Um mm. Or I am, you know? No, yeah. A lot of
3: times I don't even know what the f I'm doing when I'm writing music. I'm, you know? We're trying to loom ourselves together and then ascribe a certain sense of meaning to the weird, um, just cluster you know every time i try to get in on something i, I, I cannot tell you how many times i wake up and i feel like i'm in the w- middle of some sort of dog and cat fight in the middle of a cartoon strip you know you see like a big like circle spinning around with exclamation points and you know <laughs> yeah. ampersands and you know hashtags just coming out of it's that a like- big pile of uh, yeah. smoke yeah and just and just somebody like- gets pulled in exactly that kind of that that's the feeling that you get, when somebody comes in like you, who has the idea to have um, the concept actually ascribe itself—that is, you know, more akin to, you know, uh, Carl Sagan than it is <laughs> to Buzzfeed. I mean, I mean it I'm, feels better, you know. The silver lining of this
1: whole project kind of came about a concept of love. Like, what is love, and how do we find it, and. You know, talking about like this song specifically is—it's very cosmic. We, you know, we live these lives. Like, how the hell? If we were 10 years old and say at 10 years old, all three of us in our own separate lives were like, okay, I got to meet Jake Newton. I got to meet Steven Solomon. Ian McNinney, who's over here, uh, producer, Ian, extraordinary. producer extraordinary. Producer <laughs> extraordinary. Elf Tree. Hi, there! Shout out. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that would be incredibly difficult. You couldn't make that happen. You know, it would be impossible. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, is
1: the same thing with love. And I feel like this is the track that it that talks about how how uh, impossible. I mean, even when we think about our own consciousness and mm. what are the odds that I would even be here right now? Is there a God? You know, as mm-hmm. we contemplate all these things, the the un, I mean, for me at least, the underlying question I always have is how much is there that my brain is capable to actually comprehend Mm -hmm. out there and connecting our friendships and how, you know, I met you seven years ago. We were roommates, Steve, Mm -hmm. back in Dallas. And then we go off into these worlds and and do our own musical careers. And then all of a sudden here we are living in the same place again. And we're making music together and met you, Jake. And Mm -hmm. now you guys are in a band and it's unbelievable. And so you've got all this stuff that is against the odds and the odds, are really just, I don't know, I don't know how much the odds are really even something to look at mm-hmm. because clearly you're, you're standing, we're all sitting here in a room together and trying to pull this together at 10 years old would not happen. No. I mean, if you we were intentionally trying, it would not happen. And I feel like that's the same way with love. You're married, you both are married mm-hmm. and you meet people at this right moment. And there's no explaining how that came together other than it was cosmic it's yeah. perfect mm-hmm. it was divine yeah. it was something beyond your own being your own yeah. creation and i feel like interstellar for me at least was uh trying to encapsulate how f- chaotic
3: oh yeah the so,
1: cosmos is right. but yet how perfectly i don't know uh intertwined it is like brains, man it's you know? all
3: about the rhythm and the river man those two things, you know, like the, there's a river that kind of flows through you of life and of people and of any circumstance and of perspective on said circumstance and people and the life that you're living and then the rhythm in which you actually are able to ascribe yourself to. And every now and then you find yourself with standing face to face with someone that is dancing the same tango.
2: There's a natural rhythm to the way you want to sing things and say things that just makes sense. So even before you plug words in, you can hum something to yourself and it hums in a way that has a rhythm to it and yeah. a pattern to it. And so for me, it just visually makes sense if I see that pattern, even if we haven't written all the words yet. So it's like, you know, here's here's one line and like we have, you know, the line's six words long, but we don't have the two middle words yet. So we still fill in the gaps with a dash or whatever, but we know this is what we're shooting yeah, for. Yeah. well it makes it, it makes like a Tetris game almost. It's like syllabus. But, but it really is an interesting thing to see that I mean, when you hear a song for the first time that resonates with you, there's different pieces of it that make sense. But the one thing you you take away from it the first time you hear a song, it's what you can hum back to yourself. It's what you mm-hmm. can remember that you can hum back. And you may remember a couple of words, or you may think you know words and later realize they were saying something different, but you didn't really understand them. But but what there is, is there's this there's this rhythmic, melodic quality to it that you you take away. That's, yeah. that's all you have the first time you hear a song that you've never heard before. And... That's what everybody has. I mean, it's you know that's what's what we all take away. So anyway, with that, it just makes sense to me in the writing process that we we do that naturally. So let's bring it into the songwriting process and then fill the gaps in as we go. You know, yeah. to make the yeah. song make sense or whatever.
1: One of my favorite things about this track is the rhythm in the verses, straight, and then the break, and then it mm-hmm. goes into the chorus, and mm-hmm. it's like this yeah. four on the floor kind of like yeah. just I don't know. It just feels good. So yeah, this track is uh, Interstellar Hearts. Stay close This is my favorite track on the whole song, on the whole EP, um, Crashing Into Gold. Yeah. Is, uh, I don't know why, I for whatever reason, uh, we got into this pattern. It was like the... You're playing this little pattern on the piano,
2: and... I'm actually, I'm a terrible piano player. No, that's you're how this not. No, that's how this, started. That that's how this all death. started. Because I played this <laughs> terrible piano thing they got all flipped around no it was good enough that we just left
1: it was perfect you just created this pattern da 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 and then the drum just counter came into it it's like
2: it's exactly how it sounds nobody like
1: dude every person i've talked to that's listened to this track that's the that's the time when they're like dude this I'm so crashing to go cuz it's not something you really expect to to hit that way. And, uh, man, the song for me is my favorite by far because I, for whatever reason, I'm in this mode of just writing songs about the red pill and blue pill. You're sitting in front of Morpheus. And, um, you know, we grew up watching movies like wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, and they're about going down these fucking Mm places. They're going into these worlds Mm -hmm. where, there is a lot of underlying meanings, the yellow mm-hmm. brick road, uh, into seeing the Wizard of Oz, who's standing behind a curtain pulling cranks and selling you something yep. and selling this idea.
3: Staying um, in Hobbiton or going on the <laughs> quest of your lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: no, Crashing Into Gold is my favorite song because it was, for me, it's the song about um, waking up. It's like mm. the, if there's one song in any project I've put out, it's, there's always a, a song about trying to figure out a way to word and also, and this sounds weird, like love songs to me are easy to write because they have double meanings. Yeah. Um, they're always about, and I hate saying this because it sounds so cheesy, but like we, we kind of went through periods of our lives like you know, listening to worship songs, and worship mm-hmm. songs to me are powerful because they give you this sense of feeling about love, like they, they show this this piece of something about what it is to be in love Mm -hmm. and to chase something that's beyond yourself. Yeah. Like I think, just when I think, okay, yeah, I go down the rabbit holes and I research all this bullshit. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't really know much more than what I knew 20 years ago, 30 years ago, other than, oh, that's just more information. So now what do I do? And and Mm -hmm. how do I treat other people now that I've gone down that? And Crashing Into Gold for me was this idea that we're chasing this truth. We're chasing our dreams. We're chasing, you know, unfortunately, there's big chunks of our life where we're chasing money. But at the same time, that's a part of our, the threat of how we have to survive here. You know, we're yeah. living on a planet. We're the only species that, that charge ourselves to live here. And So very true. But, you know, for me, the song was about that. You know, it's about awareness It's about saying, okay, just because I have to make rent this month doesn't mean, you know, 25 of the 30 days of this month, I'm going to be just thinking about how I have to make money. I want to think about, you know, how can I better my own personal craft? How can I be be a better songwriter? And working with you guys has done that for, I mean, for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've, I've talked about that with you guys at all, but. You know, I don't know I don't know where your brain was Steve when you were kind of when you first started crafting cuz we started with the piano on this track. And ultimately, I think I don't know how that worked with the lyrics uh, cuz it was just you and I on this one. Was that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was you too. Um in the first, you know, the first part of the song is uh countdown swallow the pill now how yeah. do I feel I feel so light. Right. Cuz uh you know, anybody out there who's ever um Partaken in the marijuana, or even gotten drunk, or, you know, taking a little too much Robitussin.
3: Yeah, man. <laughs> get a robot going.
1: <laughs> or didn't drink enough water. You get lightheaded, <laughs> and you go into a whole different world. But the uh, track goes into Lost Fog, Taking It Slow, Crawl, The Yellow Brick Road, I Feel So Bright.
2: There's so many layers to the lyrics of yeah. the song. I mean, it, it at first, it started out where we literally were kind of laughing and saying, what if we just write a song about a crazy drug trip, right? And the intro of the song sounds exactly like that. Mm -hmm. But as as we really dug into it, there really are so many layers to this thing being this kind of like messed up love story in a way, almost, you know, almost like... Like, things didn't, I mean, in my brain at least, as we were writing it, as we get to the end of the chorus, we, the lyrics you just read, but there, it's like there's this kind of, like, I wish things had turned out this way, and they didn't, but then I go into the state, and I can imagine things were the way, are the way that I wish they were, you know? Yeah. And, and then there's this whole other side of the lyrics that's like it's this just realization and this um, enlightenment almost mm-hmm. of, like... Almost like in in The Matrix, you know, where he's like, you can take the red pill, you can take the blue pill. Definitely, yeah. You know, and he chooses, and then he sees everything as it, it really is. And there's, I don't know, I just, I love that not only musically does this song have so many layers that mess with your head, but lyrically, I mean, literally, like, this song of all, I think all the songs we did a really great job of really making the music reflect what the lyric was saying, but especially this song. It starts off sounding like a trip Like just the music that you hear The lyric is a trip I mean it's it's.
1: And then that beat comes in And just takes you yeah. to town Gives you a little caress A little caress Yeah. <laughs> a little soft little hand. <laughs> <laughs> this is crashing into gold
3: You're crashing into (laughs) gold.com. Which is real quick to say, just
1: to throw this in there, the concept of the album cover was uh, derived from this track. Shelby Cook did the cover. And he's done all the covers for Awake or Sleeping. But um, this one in particular, he came out here from Dallas and him and I were talking about, you know, how can we capture, um, you know, and there's a couple more songs to talk about, but how can we capture this whole EP into one image and most of the covers have always been a little cosmic. Mm-hmm. They've always had some sort of,
2: mm.
1: you know, we're cosmic creatures. Nah. For f- sake, we're make of, we're made of water and particles, and Stardust. so I feel like there's there's this uh, undeniable aspect to, as far as what science has told us we are. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't technically know. I, you know, we what's that band? Uh, they were called Earth Earthsuit we're yeah, in an yeah. earth suit where consciousness is in these bodies and and we're experiencing things and we're, we fall in love with people and we make friends and we build these lives and yet then we try to sit down and create this beautifully orchestrated um, you know one of the things I thought about with Crashing into Gold is how we interwove the stories of Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz into this imagery of you know who are we amidst this freaking chaos, yeah, you know, yeah. the
3: chaos of the cosmos or whatever you want to call it. Um, we are these, these tiny pieces of this weird, these weird elements. And we've been given consciousness and this weird, bizarre, like, you know, serendipitous moment. And so to, to look out at the vast, um, miasma and, and craziness of the world, of not the world, the universe, yeah. you know, beyond, beyond our solar system, beyond the Milky way, beyond our, you know, Everything that has to do with us, and and uh, you know, say like, wow, it's fascinating to have consciousness in all of this. Hmm. Which you know, the 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 cover itself is just, you know, what it looks like. It looks as if Gustav Klimt was actually aware of uh, modern scuba gear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it looks like it's, it's a uh, makeshift uh, spacesuit, yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, essentially, that is kind of the concept behind it. Was you know we do, you know, as people trying to survive here again, back to living on a planet, trying to survive. We're chasing these dreams, and what better way to spend our time than to to dedicate ourselves to what other people would call a hobby? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. the music that we create together and. You know, that, that's part of the concept of the cover is just you're we're, we're chasing, just like a lot of other people, um, chase their dreams and chase this gold, chase this money, chase this idea that, you know, I want to be powerful so that I can have a platform and then I can do this and this and this. And it's the idea behind the cover for me um, became this idea that, okay, if I'm going to chase this shit, because we're all doing it, yeah. I at least want to do it and if I can figure out a way to bring some of the um, uh, to bring some better concepts, more positivity, I guess, in some of the wickedness that exists mm. among the very industries we all work in. Like, yeah, there's such dark shit in it, and just to be straight up about it, and we all deal with it on a daily yeah, basis, yeah. trying to do business. If at the bottom, at the end of the day, your motive is to just make as much money and screw everybody else. Mm. Then yeah, you're probably dangerous. You mm. know, it's like someone on the road, like driving on the highway. Unless like, you're f-
3: of our you. records, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, run them all over. Got that right. <laughs> you listening to us, Universal? <laughs> you listening to us, Capital? You listening to us, Atlantic? <laughs> um,
1: but dude, you you came back together with us. We did how far is love was the yeah. third track? Is that right? The third? fourth. The fourth, fourth track. Fourth we just track. did. It. Oh my God, we're moving along. <laughs> uh, how far is love? Yeah. And. That started out with the organ, which mm-hmm. uh, I put up some of the pictures on the awakersleeping.com. If you scroll down, I put pictures of some of the recording that yeah. we did. Uh, you behind the helm, Jake, and uh. Steve, you're at the organ playing that shit,
3: Which you found on the street corner. On the street corner. Hanging around. Like on, on the corner. It was on the street corner. Like that's a big
1: thing in LA is leaving really yeah, badass you... on corners. We're not going to name where we find things guys. No, no, no. Where you really... found this organ, Steve, you can't tell anybody. Can't that's tell a, anybody. That's a hotspot. It's a, it's a secret. Yeah.
2: It's an um, organ shop. But yeah, it was sitting out there with, uh, it was, it was on the corner and then there was like a, a, a washer and dryer, like a stacked washer and dryer sitting next to it also. And I saw it sitting there and I'm like, well somebody's gonna come take this sh so and I couldn't put it literally I got (laughs) this thing is
3: massive. This isn't like a little
2: keyboard, let's play some notes on it. Uh, (laughs) It is like
3: easily 500 pounds. It wraps around you. It's got
1: like a it it curves. It curves around with
3: all the it's crazy.
2: And it has like a like there's like a like a vampire in there that like plays the thing. It's got a bunch of pipes. The Phantom of the Opera came out like Uh, he was trying to finish uh, up his laundry or his
1: food, whatever was out there with it.
2: And literally, when something that size is sitting on the street corner, it doesn't look that big. And I'm like, I can totally put, I can like, if I can just drag this on the street, I can like lift it up on my bumper and push it in the back of my car, right? (laughs) So I get my car up there and I'm like, all right, this, I think this will fit. So I'm like... And then I'm like, all right, I can drag this over, and I go to lift it, and it was like, a oh, like, sure. uh, hernia. hernia. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, you know what? I should probably a call for help, and b call for help from someone who has a way bigger vehicle, and <laughs> c
1: now you have a big old Mister Kanesh like Finkel and Einhorn. <laughs> yeah,
2: because the hernia. hernia. <laughs> now, yeah. So. And now it's in your
1: studio, and it's freaking awesome, dude. It sounds unreal.
2: It's an awesome organ, and it's the sound of that song. I mean, it literally is like the first Mm -hmm. thing you hear when that song starts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we used it, because I had just gotten it, and I was dying to use it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It has a a perfect uh, Leslie cabinet rotary uh, speaker Mm -hmm. on the inside.
3: Specificity to it, too, because nothing else has it. it quite exactly. Right. It's true. That is true, yes. One of a kind. Yeah, so
1: you're going to church when you listen to this track. To church. My favorite lyrics out of this were, uh, when the sky falls again, it's the first opening lyric. When the sky falls again, and the dust settles in, and we're frozen like statues in the snow, are we only a trace of the amber and clay? We were monsters of ashes turned
3: to snow, to st- not to st- to stone. I'm we gonna blame, monsters uh, of ashes turned uh, to stone. Yeah, I'm going to blame uh, the Lion, the in and the Wardrobe on this one. She's going to say... That's not bad. That's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, uh, like We all grew up uh, with a little bit of C.S. Lewis in our lives, and yeah. I think that those elements of... of um, of that story might might, might work towards well, It's are, got this uh, dusty post-apocalyptic white yeah. witchy S- Sans human uh, nature feel to it. Yeah, mysticism uh, blended in with like whatever made the uh, terracotta warriors of uh, <laughs> China, you know. With, it's the
1: it's the walking through, I mean you you said it, it's Narnia when you know when you walk through to the white witch's castle and mm-hmm. you see all these people, these stone figures just frozen in time. They're yeah. frozen in this uh, warrior stance or whatever they're yeah. in, and the song is to me it was that it 's the fallout of you know what are people willing to to do? how far are people willing to go to be in love, to yeah. find it? Yeah, to looking for it, mysticism. You
3: know? Yeah, yeah. We're, exactly. like, beyond, you know, go to CVS and get your toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the course says, uh, well, the pre and end of the course says, what if this is how it ends? Will we fly again? Are we meant to burn away? How can we expect to stay? How far is love? Kill the memories of the past. We're a phoenix in the ash. How far is love? will rise above. Mm-hmm. So and, good. Yeah, the first thing I think about... I don't know why, and I knew before this movie, the phoenix burns up, this mm. beautiful bird burns up, and then it just reemerges from the ashes. Mm. It's like this uh, this idea that, uh, to me, whatever that beaming light is, no matter what's around it, no matter what kind of apocalyptic destruction exists around something, the truth will always rise from nice. the ashes. And you know, this song is that. It's no matter what happens with I don't know I mean think of how many times You've given up on shit And then you're like Nope, nope I'm doing it I'm gonna do that
3: again yeah, Pick man. the guitar back up Or yeah, whatever We're emotional muckrakers man Like we're, we're constantly searching For uh, sincerity and, and truths, man uh, This song is How Far Is Love
0: When the sky falls again And the dust settles in And we're frozen Like statues in the snow Are we only a trace Of the amber and clay We were monsters of ashes turned to stone What if this is how it ends Where we fly up?
3: I think three people is a great number. It's almost the perfect number when it comes to writing songs on a mass appeal level because um, if two people have a particular connection with each other, they connect on one thing and they'll actually you know, maximize and, and, and hyper-harmonize that one aspect of themselves yeah. and create something from that. If three people, there's almost like this triangulation, which is exactly the way you'd find anybody in the middle of the ocean. It's
1: like anything. You You bounce your ideas off each other and where well, yeah. someone may fall to the side where it's like i'm stuck yeah someone else steps in and that's totally true three people
3: can agree on something it's (laughs) probably a great idea you know more often than not it's a great idea when you get into the four and the five and all that stuff it starts to lose like the initial like like thrust three feels like the perfect number to be able to you know accurately and appropriately at attack the meaning that you wanted from a song without losing the basic thrust that it came in with, you know? We
1: all have our own own ways to write music but it is a personal language that you have within yourself of how you're going to get something out on paper because everyone does it, you know, you do it as a kid when you start drawing shit, like your parents put your little pictures on the fridge and you know, of course mine were always just big scribbly circles that yeah. went into a black pit like on the ring. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but you, you know, we, we have our own ways to craft song yeah. and it is like a language. Like, I didn't realize this. I was I always listen to the classical station uh, when I drive because around LA, there's night, some night. crazy ass mother effers driving around this town. Yeah. And the best station to listen to I found is a classic station. It keeps you
3: calm 91.5, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But they were they gonna play some Wagner, and you're gonna be able to go like, well, you know, it's bigger than this.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I like Chopin. Like he, mm. dude, one of the biggest composers ever. And this guy didn't want any of his stuff published, but yeah. his family capitalized and saw, uh, they saw what they were looking at. And the, he he specifically asked them not to publish anything after his death. He mm. wanted everything to be basically burned or just destroyed or kept secret. Whoa. He didn't want it to be published. He didn't I mean, want other people playing I mean, his not,
3: music. Not to be rude, but fuck him. That's awesome.
1: I mean, if you, you, know, think, if you listen great. to Chopin, yes, the guy's a freaking genius. But what he was doing is he was speaking a language on the paper. And now what we have today is other people playing his music. And that's the only way we even get those... Mm. These gifts. This was something that should not have been mm. shown to us. Mm. And I was driving around yesterday. I was dri- actually, Ian, I was driving to your place and I was listening to this and they were telling that story on the radio. And they were like, this one is from Chopin, the next mm-hmm. song. And they were talking about how the family didn't want anyone to listen to these songs. And they're like, so this is one of those songs that we're going to play now. And I'm like, you son of a obscurity. You're playing me. He, You're specifically talking about how the fact that he didn't want anyone to play this, and now it's just a free-for-all. So mm-hmm. everyone's just doing it anyway. Like, yeah. sorry, guy. Um, I don't know if you guys ever grew up playing strings or anything. I grew up playing cello. Mm-hmm. And so you had to read music a certain way. And it was – like I remember thinking back, you had to just get all the different elements – and read them and just see them as words. Mm-hmm. You had to see the lines as words because even now it's hard for me to read music. I can figure it out, but it's very, it takes me a little yeah,
0: time.
2: Yeah. So if you grew up playing cello, then why did my ass fumble through the cello on this last song? We stacked up so oh, many yeah. solo cello cello parts and made this thing. I've because never played just, a cello in my life. Because we had one around the studio. You and I were
3: humming. Actually, it's your cello, Jake. Yeah, it's my cello. Yeah, That's over at the studio.
1: Yes, dude. Seriously, Jake, that cello is the shit, and it adds such a huge element. All that on, yes, that massive. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I I just haven't played in so many years. It's one of those instruments I've that I've never yes, played I could,
2: it. Yeah, but you but you get like,
1: you know, it's it is it is very true when you understand when you understand guitar and you understand uh string instruments like the bass, guitar, electric guitar, acoustic, yeah. whatever the hell you do, you see the neck of the instrument and you can read it a little better than what I can read it like now. Like I can figure out any song I have to learn on guitar, I can Mm -hmm. figure it out. But when it comes to the studio and just sitting down and going, okay, I need you to hit this, 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 it would probably take me a a second. I would have Mm -hmm. to sit there and figure some shit Mm -hmm. out. But I don't know, for you, you just jump on and you're so fluid and so quick. Um, it just felt natural, and I think you naturally grabbed it. I mean, you pulled it out of the case like a motherfucking badass, like you've been playing it at the uh, LA Symphony. I don't
3: know. Oh, this my cello. Let's yeah. play it.
1: Does anyone have any
3: more rosin? Mm, rosin? Rosin? I don't know. Anybody have like a tree that's weeping weeping <laughs> amber ambergris? Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: What did? How did you record that? Like, what did you put it through? As far as uh, compressors. Miking it? How did you? I can't remember exactly how you mic it. I don't know. We just
2: had a microphone. We well, have, you have that microphone. Give it Neumann to me. Yeah, I literally have the theory when I'm recording that whatever microphone is closest to me and already <laughs> on and ready to go, I just turn it on and record. It was Fisher Price. It's, yeah, Fisher Price. <laughs> and it sounds like the wrong way to do things, but it truthfully, I I have this, I have this thing about recording where. When we're in the moment of inspiration, if you don't capture it the second that it happens, you miss that moment. And there's been so many moments where we just grab whatever's convenient because it's ready to go because you yeah. don't want to lose the inspiration. But truthfully, I would say 99% of the time you end up using it because you can still manipulate the audio you've recorded. Yeah. As long as there's not like mistakes in it, you know what I'm saying? As yeah. long as it's not the wrong thing, even if it's like, oh, this wasn't the right microphone or this wasn't the right preamp or it was too compressed or not compressed enough. Those are all things that can be overcome. But if you miss the moment of inspiration, you never get it again. Yeah. And you may still play the same part, but it doesn't have, there's something about this moment of, of conception that's very innocent in the way it's performed and the way that it's captured and you can never recreate it.
1: Which is, and, yeah. <clears throat> and that's how the song started, was you yeah. pulling the ukulele from the ukulele, ukulele, right. ukulele right. if To say it correctly. Ukulele. Uh, those in Hawaii, I understand it's an ukulele.
3: Mm, what are um, they going to do, like paddle over here and I know. fight us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but speaking of the tropics, this song started with the ukulele. ukulele. And we actually wrote, we started it in here, in the room, yep. uh, in the elf tree. And it was the. Yep. <gasps> it's on the left side of the ear if you if you start the track. If uh, speakers are wired correctly. Speakers are wired correctly. Uh, right. But yeah, the song was uh, essentially um, just, it's about, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about the chaos of our world. You know, since we're talking about the ocean, mm-hmm. what advantage does a shark have that a human does not? It can just go back underneath the surface mm-hmm. of the water and escape all the chaos that us humans do create. And that's, you know, it's all how you see the world. Um, if you're looking for chaos, you find chaos. I feel like I'm a little bit of a person that looks at those things because mm. I'm like, all right, well, what's going on here? Um, but the song started out as the idea, you know, you were playing the the ook part and I decided to think, I was I heard the, the melody float to the bottom of the ocean floor, far beyond a mind at war. There's a quiet when you're dreaming next to me. Show me how you found your way out of this place, how you made your way out of this maze. There's a quiet in the room, just you and me. How long before I see the signs? I have to breathe on the other side. Meet me in the middle of finding out who we are. Tell me in the morning when I'm holding you in my arms. And the song almost to me felt like this marriage between, you know, when you're a kid and you just slam your door from your parents or you, 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 I don't know, like being in. I don't know if you were ever bullied growing up. I got bullied in middle school just a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. I never gotten any fights, but just a little bit of bullied um, to where I realized, oh my God, I'm I've got to avoid being in this area of the school so I don't deal with that because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I see other people doing it, and it was almost this idea because I grew up with a pool where. You know, my, like my dog would be running around, barking outside the pool. My dad would be mowing the grass or whatever. And then I would just sink under the water of the pool. And it was just silence, mm. you know? And that to me is the idea of this track was amidst everything going on above the surface, you kind of, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you go underwater and you become completely encapsulated in this safety bubble of, just what it is that you're trying to experience, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so the song for me was that. It was trying to figure out a way to describe escaping the chaos and retreating to this zone where it is kind of peaceful. You know, when you meet somebody in a relationship, you're both in your own worlds. Meet me in the middle of finding out who we are, because ultimately there's no finished moment in our lives. Like we're Con- like the thing that I I, I don't—it's on my Twitter page. It's we are cons—we're we're all flowers in a field of everything. Basically, mm-hmm. we're constant growing flowers in a field of everything, and that's how I see life: is we're constantly growing, we're constantly learning. Like listening to these podcasts, I know when I'm 50 years old, I'm gonna listen back and be like, "What a moron!" But there's this there's this aspect of being able to just express and share where where I am in this very freaking moment, yeah. and, and then we're capturing this whole writing session, everyone's capturing in their own moments, this writing, this project, like putting something together where you're feeling something. So all of a sudden, Steve, you start programming the song to feel this way. You played Mm -hmm. this lick on the ukulele. um, Then you played this beat, you know, and I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without sounding like a idiot, (laughs) but ultimately it does become an extension of yourself and your own experience of how you feel and whatever is coming at you from another writer, you know, like when you write in a in a co-writing group, you just you just deal with everybody's stuff, mm. and you tr- you you just mold the clay. I don't know other, any other way to say it. Yeah, you tr- you look
3: for a sense of truth, you know, you, like like something that resonates within like that that uh, triangulation, right? Yeah. yeah, holding you in my arms for me is
1: like the perfect wraparound for. Let's just chill out real quick. Let's sink to the bottom of the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. And let's just forget about the chaos because, you, you know, when you dig into the news, you dig in all these things that we talked about, Yeah, it can really mess up the next 20, 30 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe five hours of your day because all of a sudden you're in this frenzy because of what you read on Facebook. Yeah, And that's a constant battle for me personally that I have because... I'm I'm constantly looking for information because yeah. I want to see stuff, I want to feel something. Mm-hmm. And the things that make me feel are seeing visible proof that something doesn't work. Yeah. And the one thing that I do know that works is love. And it,
2: I think these songs are special. There's something about these songs that uh it's not just how they sound and what they are at face value but there's like there's a lot of layers in there all the songs yeah uh
1: yeah this is holding you in my arms this is the last track and yeah this is holding you in my arms
2: flow to the
0: bottom of the ocean floor far beyond a mind at war there's a quiet when you're dreaming next to me show sure. Found your way out of this place How you made your way out of this maze There's a quiet in the room, just you For a moment cause I need you more like the ocean waiting by the shore. I don't wanna
1: again i i am so honored to have been able to work on this with you guys and i know we haven't really sat together and talked about this much but it it was really fun and it was uh it stretched my brain like a like a damn stretch armstrong yeah like a (laughs)
3: motherfucker man it was it was an absolute (laughs) uh thorough pleasure to work with everyone like to to work with with you on this project like as as, us as sleeping wolf and and as me as a writer, personally, it was, it was a, a great and really, a uh, foreign and thoroughly exciting aspect.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. My- and, and likewise, I mean, I've always been a fan of, of the music you've made. And so it was, I know I've, I've worked on records of yours and like little pieces here and there and I've played guitar and stuff and whatever, but it was rad to finally like, let's collaborate, like, let's do something together. That's, you know, it's still your thing, but it's, it's also uniquely something that We we created and and it was rad to have Jake be a part of that and the aspects he was in on and that that brought such I mean I feel like this whole thing happened the way it should yeah you know like everybody's contribution when it happened how it happened made this this EP what it is yeah Yeah. you know this collection of songs is something that I'm I'm proud of that I was a part of proud of that I made and I Mm -hmm. even again even though it's not it's not my brand or name or whatever you want to say going on. And I feel like it's just as much mine as it is yours and as it is yours. Definitely. So it, was, it was amazing to be a part of it. So thanks for,
3: yeah, man. Thanks Dude, for trusting
2: me with your, uh,
1: no, I mean, I, I mean, again, uh, yeah, that is, that's the thing. It's, uh, yeah. this is one project down and, yeah.
3: uh, many more, potentially
1: more, many, many more to go and that's the beautiful thing about making music and, and being someone who, Uh, you know, being one of three people in this, you know, that, that make music is you just trust yourself to get onto the next project. Mm -hmm. And, and those things will come together. Sleeping Wolf will do all this that they're going to do and you guys have incredible new stuff coming out uh, yeah. like you said uh, it's not a disclosed time but it's coming up soon so no
3: uh, w- when the time is right like we're we're really waiting on um on a bunch of uh, uh, record executives who are you know may or may not be listening to like we're not waiting on them we're not waiting, we're not <laughs> yeah. waiting on them no that. we're not waiting on them we're like we're, we're going to put it out when it makes sense and yes they, like if it'll they, if, be if,
2: well yeah, there will be
3: new music before September yeah,
2: yeah, yeah before September yeah. yeah yeah and and the and, year that we're in yeah the exactly. year we're
1: in yeah, that's, again, thank you. And uh, this thing is out officially July 28th is Damn. the day. So Tuesday, July 28th. I don't know why re- releases are the 28th, but uh, it's in a couple days from now. Mm-hmm. So uh, get on that and hope you enjoy it. If anything else, you can listen to it for free on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but go yeah, go throw a couple of coins in the hat. But of,
3: seriously, buy it.
2: Yeah. So, come on, you kids. Come Do on, you Do something kids. useful. Make something awesome. Make something awesome. I'm taking my pants off. Put down Twitter and pick <laughs> up a guitar. Check out
1: AwakerSleeping.com and also check out SleepingWolfMusic.com. Amen. And we are also on the Twitters. We're in the universe of Twitter, mm-hmm. which is kind of embarrassing at this point because I'm sure in 500 years from now, if anyone ever finds this recording, they're going to be like, what the f*** is Twitter? Mm-hmm. But
3: They you said know, the same thing about papyrus. <laughs>
2: they said the same <laughs> thing about bananas.
3: Yeah. <laughs> But I'm
2: still eating them. (laughs) I'm still eating them. (laughs) I love potassium.
0: Enter at Earthship Radio, or online at EnterTheElfTree.com. Or else I will find you, you.